Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. Praise the Lord. Today I want to land the plane. I want to land the plane, so to speak, on our sermon series on Holy Ghost. But how many understand you can never land the plane on Holy Ghost? You know what I mean? We, 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 live, we live in Him. We move in Him. He is, he is our everything. He is the Spirit of God. We live by the Spirit of the Lord. And, and so as much as we're going to end the sermon series and begin on the giants of the faith, really, I want you to understand today that every Everything we do is by him and through him and and honestly remember as I told you last week you know when David got into trouble uh, David said you can take anything from me just don't take your spirit from me my friends we need the Holy Ghost but the, today you know what for the for the sake of purpose and schedule we we will land the plane and I want to give you a little bit of a a little bit of a summary of what we've been you know discussing over the week but I've asked Corey if you'll allow me a moment of carnality if you will, I've, I've asked Corey to play a song. Do you recognize this song? All right, what? Yeah, that, that's not Batman. Come on now, that is... Oh, Mission Impossible. Now, if you're my age, you know, there should have been like a, a little match going across the, the screen there because, you know, there was a show before the movie and, and the movie series. But, but rather than talking to you about Mission Impossible, I want to talk to you about Mission Possible today. Because I want to talk to you about the Spirit of the Lord is my anointer. Everybody say, the Spirit of the Lord is my anointer. That the Spirit of the Lord anoints us. And, and my friends, listen, in week one, we talked about how the Lord was our baptizer, how, how Jesus baptized us in the Holy Spirit and in fire. So he's our baptizer. In week two, we, we talked about how the Lord is our substance, how, how the Lord fills us. And we talked about, out of Ephesians, about not ruining your life with addictions and, and ruining your life with wine, but to be filled, that substance of the Spirit. Then last week, we talked about how the Lord is my leader. The Lord is my leader because he gives me course correction. He, he adjusts my paths. He, he, he causes me to move in, in certain ways all by the leading of his spirit because the Bible says that our, as many as are led by the spirit of God are the children of God, which says to me, if you not, are not being led by the spirit of God, then you're not the children of God. You're following something else because that is the criteria. That is the the pre requisite of being the children of God. What? That I am, that I am led. Today I want to talk about this concept that Holy Spirit is my anointer, that he anoints me. Jesus needed to be anointed by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to bring you to that verse in, in Acts in just a moment, but, but let's understand, first of all, because that word anointed and anointing is used all the time, and we don't really understand sometimes what it is saying, but if you go all the way back into the Old Testament, God spoke to Moses to create an anointing oil. God said to Moses, these are my ingredients. This is exactly how I want you to make the anointing oil. The, these are the spices and the herbs that you will use. You, you're not to, you don't have poetic license, Moses. You can't alter. You can't alter the recipe because you think you have a better idea. You will make it this way. And then you are going to anoint. Sometimes people, sometimes the utensils of the tabernacle. But really what it means is to smear. You know, I don't know if we brought the oil out, but literally it means to smear something. But figuratively it means to set apart. The things that were anointed were set apart for the Lord, unto the Lord. They were consecrated. They, in other words, they were for special use. They, they were for a special purpose. Let me, let me give you, uh, you know, not the best example, but think about your own house. In your house, you know, if you go into the dining room area, you'll probably have dishes and cutlery and maybe glasses and cups that are what? For special occasions or when special guests are coming over, they are for special use. In some ways, they are anointed. 
They are anointed for special occasions and every other day you're just in the kitchen having, you know, regular meals on, on, you know, just the common plates and that sort of thing. But when God talks about the anointing and being anointed, it literally means that consecration, being set apart. In the book of Acts, as they were praying, the Holy Spirit spoke and he said to them, separate separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work. You know what he was saying? I have anointed them. I have anointed them. I am now calling them. Now separate them unto me and send them. Apostolic. You send them for the work that I've called them to do. That's literally what it means to be anointed. But my friends, here's what I want you to understand. That you and I are anointed. That God called us. Anointed us by Holy Spirit. Because remember, the Old Testament is about shadows and patterns, and, and the Holy Spirit is the, is the truth. He's the real one. We are anointed. We are sealed. The Bible says we are sealed with the Holy Ghost. He, he is the down payment of our inheritance and our salvation. God is saying, here's how you know that I will fulfill my promise, because I'm giving you the down payment, which is the Holy Spirit. Say this with me. Say, I am anointed. That means that you are called not for common use, but for uncommon use. Because, you know, we have so many of God's people that should be living as though they are anointed, but in reality, they're just living like common folk. They're dishonoring their vessel. They're dishonoring their lives. They're not honoring themselves. And this is why Paul said, even in the New Testament, that he says, hey, listen, he says there are vessels in a house. All God's house. He says there are vessels that are unto honor, and then there are vessels that are unto dishonor. In other words, there are vessels that have been consecrated. They're there for special occasion. And then there are other ones that are, they are just common, not because God has made them common, because they've allowed themselves to be average, to be status quo, to be like everybody else. We call it the mob mentality, if you will. And so today I want to talk to you about this concept that God anoints you for mission, a mission that is possible. As a matter of fact, you know, I, this, this is not my main passage, but let me, let me just go here. Uh, AV team, John chapter 16. Listen to what Jesus said. I'm going to come to the word in just a moment, our main passage. He said, to the, he said to the disciples before he left, listen, he said, there is so much that I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. Listen, church, Jesus is saying, there's so much I want to tell you. There's so much I want to explain to you, but you can't process it in your natural mind. You need the mind of the Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, who is he? The Spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but will tell you of what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. This is why he's the Spirit of Christ. Notice that he doesn't talk about himself. He says, all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. My friends, listen, there are some things that we desire to receive from God that unless we have our mind renewed by the Spirit of God, you cannot receive it. This is why the Bible says, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit. This is why we need to be Spirit-led. But unfortunately, listen, our churches are filled with Christians that are carnal, with Christians that are natural, with Christians. If you look at the, 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 the society issues of the day, they receive things into the church that are against the Word of God. They call themselves Christians. They say they worship God, yet they receive these things. Why? Because they're carnal. They haven't received the spirit of truth. They, they haven't had their minds renewed. And so even within the body of Christ, you have natural Christians, carnal Christians, and then you have spirit-led Christians. And this is why, listen, 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 if you want to know the secrets of the Lord, maybe sometimes the reason we don't know the secrets of the Lord is because the Lord is saying, listen, you need a special dispensation of the spirit of God to understand these mysteries. When prophet has said to us, go deeper, go deeper into God, does that, does that just mean in our intimacy? Or even is there greater understanding that is part of knowledge and wisdom that, that there are things that are revealed to us that are the truth that cannot be received without the Spirit of God? Everybody say, he's my anointer. 
want you to stand with me. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Listen to what Luke writes about Jesus. He says that you know that God anointed, everybody say anointed, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what was the purpose of this anointing? What did it do? Notice what he says. Then Jesus went around doing good. Everybody say doing good. And healing all those who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Those of you that, that, that registered for that betting, listen, you're, you're going about doing good. You're going about blessing others. You're going about saying to people, God loves you and he wants to bless you. And then I want you to go to Acts chapter 8. Let me give you the background quickly. The Bible says here, Luke tells us that persecution broke out. And everywhere that the believers went, they began to preach Jesus Christ. Everywhere. The Bible says that Philip, who was one of the first deacons, remember he was appointed to feed the widows. The Bible says he went to Samaria. Anybody remember somebody from Samaria in the gospel? Who was from Samaria? Woman at the well who already had seeded the ground of the gospel. Well, Philip goes there, and revival breaks out. He, people are getting saved, and, and, and people are getting healed, and miracles are happening, and they're, and they're coming. They're coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're coming to the kingdom. And then Peter and John, they hear that Philip is having a revival in Samaria, and that amazing things are happening, and the gospel's going out. And so they leave Jerusalem, and they come down. This is the picture. And in verse 9 of chapter 8, it says, But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city, and he astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was somebody great. Everybody say pride. To whom they all gave heed. In other words, they all paid attention. From the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. Everybody say lie. So he was astonishing people with a counterfeit spirit. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But watch what happened. Everybody say, when the truth came. So I want you to get the environment. Highly, highly supernatural. Witchcraft, sorcery, divination, manipulation is going on. This is exactly, listen, it's like Philip shows up in the devil's playground and says, I'm going to bring you the truth. In the midst of sorcery. How many understand there's sorcery going on all around us all the time now? It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, very important. And he was baptized and he continued with Philip and he was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs that were done. He's like, wow, this is, this is incredible things that's going on here. Now watch this, when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And so when they had come down, they prayed with them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Peter and John come down, they see the miracles and healings and everything that's happening. And they ask this question, have you received the Holy Ghost? For as yet, he had not fallen upon them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. And when Simon saw, he saw something. Clearly there was a, a manifestation here that occurred that we're not telling, that we're, that we're not told, that, that now beyond the miracles and the healing, Simon sees something that when he saw this, that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. Guess what he offered them? Cha-ching. Everybody go cha-ching. Notice he says, give me this power also that anyone who I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, I want to buy this from you. I've seen Philip. Philip's stuff, that's pretty cool stuff, healings and miracles. But wow, you guys are doing something that is absolutely out of this world. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you. Hmm, Corey, you know, today's vernacular. What Peter's really saying is you and your money can go to hell. Huh? Come, say this with me. Say, buy the truth and do not sell it. Peter said, we're not selling the gift of God. We're not selling the anointing of God. My friends, listen. Every time there is any kind of sin against the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, God gets serious. 
He says, your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Hey, friends, listen, this is a Christian. He turned from sorcery. He gave his heart to Jesus. He got baptized. And now Peter's saying to him, your heart isn't right. You see, because something, a dead work came up in his life. And Peter's saying, your heart's not right. But it gets worse. He says, repent, therefore, of your wickedness and pray if, if, everybody say if. If I don't remember to come back to that, just say, somebody say if at some point. If perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Notice he says, what Peter says. He says, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness. Another translation says you have bitter envy. And notice what he says. You are bound with iniquity or you are a slave to sin. Christian, baptized, you're bound and you're poisoned. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We pray that this morning, Lord, your word would run swiftly, that it would cut, that it would separate, and that it would bring us into a new place, a deeper place, a holy place, a, a place of consecration. We thank you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Now, before you're seated, I want you to turn to somebody and prophesy to them and say, you are anointed. Tell them that. Come on, tell them that. Tell somebody else you are anointed. Come on and prophesy over yourself now and say, I am anointed. Come on, say it. I am anointed. Those of you that are online, wherever you are, say, I am anointed. And we're not being arrogant, church. We're not being arrogant. We are literally declaring what the word of the Lord says to us. And so four things that I want to bring out, four things that I want to bring out with respect to this message and, and being anointed. And what does it actually mean? And what does it mean about Philip and Peter and, of course, Simon, who are the main characters in our story? Number one, I want you to understand that the Lord anoints you with power. Everybody say power. power. Uh, the word that Jesus talked about there when he said you, you cannot receive but later you'll, you'll be able to process. You're going to receive power. You're going to receive fire. You know, the, the word really means dunamis. It's where we get our, our modern day word dynamite. Dynamite. Explosive power that is able to move adversities and very difficult things. I, I remember when I was in the secular world, I would drive up to uh, North Bay. I would drive up to Sudbury. And if you've been up there up to 400, there's these massive rocks that, you know, they were, they were expanding the highway. And, and all of a sudden, they, they were making room. And you know what they were doing? They were putting dynamite into the rocks. And, and to see these, these massive rock formations just shatter because of dynamite. That's the kind of power that Jesus is talking about. And my friends, this is the kind of power that we need to return to in the church. Because if one thing that COVID revealed about the church is that we are lacking in power. Come on, let's just be honest. That what we say we believe and that what we say we have, we don't have. And there's a reason. It's not God's fault. It must be our fault. Somewhere we have left the focus of God's power because the truth is that every believer that receives Holy Spirit is guaranteed power. He doesn't say some of you. The nice ones of you, the smart ones of you. No, he says anyone that will receive Holy Spirit will receive power. This dunamis, explosive power. And then watch this. The Bible says that signs and wonders follow those that believe. If you go preaching like Philip did. If you demonstrate the word of God, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily talking uh, about a, a pulpit or a stadium or anything like that, but, but in your everyday life, wherever God has seated you, wherever God has put you, are you demonstrating the power of the Holy Ghost? Because my friends, we are in a day where we require power. On Thursday, I believe it was, no, Wednesday. Wednesday night, I, I was asked to go to a, a clinic an occupational therapist who's in our church and is, is opening a clinic in, in the Vaughn area. And I went to, I went to pray for the building. She, she got this beautiful office space and she said, pastor, before they do any construction, before any renovation, she said, I want you to come and pray. She said, I, want, I don't want anything touched until 
that, you know, you come and you bless this place. And so I went and God gave me some prophetic words. I began to see things in the spirit. But then, the, then she began to, to tell me stories because she's an occupational therapist for children. And my friends, listen, listen. The stories she told me, I, I, I'm like, I really don't know, sister. You must have a grace because I don't think I could do what you do. Told me a story. Talking about power, church, because my friends, listen, you have no idea what they are doing to our children. They are literally destroying the mental health of our children. Told me about a six-year-old boy, six-year-old boy who's been in 12 foster homes. The boy's aggressive, the boy's violent, he throws things. He'll throw anything at anybody. God only knows if he's been abused or, or what's gone on. And, and so he was in one of the, this is, this is in our city, by the way, here, right here in Brampton. The boy is, is aggressive, he's violent. They call the police. When the police show up, they know they're throwing, you know, he's throwing uh, glass objects at the police. And so they don't, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle him. They, you know, they don't want to taser the boy. So you know what they do? They strap him down. They grab him, they strap him down, they strap him to a bed, and they bring him into the, into the psychiatric ward of the hospital. Can you imagine, church, we're living in a day where the police are having to strap down a six-year-old boy? We need power. We need power. And so he can't be around other children. This, this, this boy, she said, for four days, howled for four days straight. Howled at the top of his lungs, disturbing all the other children, disturbing the hospital. Can you imagine the torment that is going on in that little boy's life? And so they called her, the person that's in our church, they, they called her as an occupational therapist. She walks in the room, and before they walked in the room, they, they said, the boy's violent. He's going to throw things at you. He might hit you. He, he might bite you. And she said, you know, I'm prepared for all that. And she walks into the room. My friends, listen, the boy calms right down. Calms right down. And they're watching her. And they're watching her, and they... You know, and he begins to play like a normal boy. He begins to play like, like, like a regular child, like you would never know. And they, you know, those that were in charge came in and they said, what did you do? She said, I didn't do anything. What did you say? She said, I didn't say anything. She goes, I just walked in the room and, you know, I let him play. I let him be a boy. But how many understand when there is an anointing on your life? Come on, somebody. When there is an anointing on your life. Everybody say power. power. Don't be afraid. Don't demonstrate power. Don't, oh, pastor, what, 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 what if I pray for people and, and nothing happens? Well, what about if something does happen? Huh? What about if I pray 10 times and nothing happens? What about if the 11th time something happens? Why don't you leave the results to God and just be obedient? Obey. Begin to move in that power. Because you're filled with the Holy Ghost as an action item. I've said to you, you know, even, even the word that came from prophetess Nancy to my own life, and I've been doing this every day, where he says, stir up the gifts. Come on. The gifts come by the power of the Holy Ghost. You all have gifts of the Spirit. Stir them up. Amen. Start using them. How do you use? How do you stir? You use it. You trust God. You, you put yourself out there like Philip did. I'm going to come and preach to Samaria, half Jews, half not Jews, and I'm going to preach the word, and then all of a sudden, you know what? The Holy Ghost backs him up and says, I'm going, to, I'm going to prove to you, because watch this, church, the Lord backs up truth with power. Huh? There are certain religions amongst us, they might not believe in Jesus, but when they see power, it's hard to deny the power of God. Now watch, watch this. I'm going to take you to the second point. I want you to understand this, this man, Simon the sorcerer. You see, Philip came preaching the kingdom. Philip came preaching Jesus. Simon was only concerned about himself. Be leery of people that draw people to themselves. That it's about me. But watch what they, watch this. The, the crafty ones, though, they'll tell you, you know, worship God. But in reality, they're telling you I'm still the center of attention. If you're, if you're really not the center of attention, get out of the way and give all the glory to God. Come on, somebody. He was interested in himself. Philip wasn't interested in himself at all. So number one, he gives us power. Number two, he empowers us with purpose. 
He empowers us with cause. Jesus said, this is my cause. For this cause I have come that I might destroy the works of the devil. My friends, you and I as anointed people have a responsibility not to cohabitate with the works of the devil, but to expose the works of darkness, to destroy the works of hell, to destroy the works of the devil and set people free. When I heard that story of that six-year-old boy, I mean, there was just a, a, a righteous indignation in me, a righteous anger that, that, that just said, how can these things be? But you see, under the, under the cloak of political correctness uh, and inclusiveness and all these demonic agendas, and I recognize that I'm online, but I'm going to call it the way I, I see it. You don't care about these children. All you care about is your agendas, your itinerary. You don't care who you destroy. All this hormone therapy and, and the rest of it. Let me tell you something, my friends. Years from now, when people recognize I'm in trouble, when people recognize I made a mistake, when people want to reverse things that they've done to their body, the very same people that led them in there will not be found. They're not going to be accountable. They don't care about people. They just care about their, their agenda, their power, their, their money. But he gives us purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Then in, in John 18, 37, Pilate and Jesus are having a conversation. And Pilate says to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly, I am a king. Watch this. For this cause was I born. And for this cause have I come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. You know why people don't like Jesus? Because not only does he bear witness to the truth, he is the truth. John chapter 1 tells us that grace and truth came into the world through Jesus. Which means the truth wasn't here. You say, oh, pastor, whoa, 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 whoa. They had the Old Testament. Yeah, let me tell you what the Bible says about the Old Testament. It says that it is shadows and patterns of the things to come. But Jesus is the real deal. He says, I am here. Everything has been pointing to me. And I want to say something to you. Church, this is a bit of an aside. I, I love Israel. I love the Jewish people. There is nothing anti-Semitic in me whatsoever. But listen to me. Listen to me. This, this idea that as Christians begin now to um, reconnect with Israel and reconnect with Jewish people and, and some, you know, become uh, Messianic Jews and whatever, isn't it interesting that now we are finding these Christians that were never Jews, that were liberated from all these traditions that all of a sudden they are becoming Jews? Hmm? Come on, somebody. The following festivals and oh, you know, we shouldn't worship on Sundays. We should worship on Saturday and, and bringing us all back. By the way, Acts chapter 15 right there where the Bible says that when some of the Pharisees began to believe that, that all of a sudden, Pastor Moses, they brought back the law of Moses. They were saying, oh, these, these people need to be circumcised. Yeah, they could believe in Jesus, but, but you know, they need to be circumcised. And, and Peter and James said, hey, listen, we live there, but now we're under grace. Church, if you're under grace, why do you allow people to bring you back into these religious ideas and festivities and moons and everything else that he talks about? Jesus said, I am the truth. I have come to bring the truth. This is my cause. Let me ask you this question, though. What's your cause? Why were you born? What is the clarity of your life? You know, some people, I, I don't know, I don't know if people still do this, but in my era, you know, before you, you know, you got into university, whatever, you would take a year off to go backpacking through Europe to find yourself. Anybody ever heard this? <laughs> and they come back more lost than they ever were. Huh? I'm thinking, I think you lost your soul in Europe. My friends, listen, you don't find yourself in, the, in Europe. You find yourself in the Holy Ghost. Huh? God wrote a book about you. Discover, discover what God has caused you to be. Right after the service, I'm, I'm going to dedicate a little baby. I'm going to dedicate a little baby. How many understand that the purposes of God are already sown into that little child? 
the responsibility of the parents is to draw that out and to understand what has God called you to be and, and pray and have discernment. He empowers me with purpose. He, he empowers me with cause. He gives me clarity so I don't go aimlessly about life. I understand why I'm here. And if you don't understand, get together with the Holy Ghost. He's your designer. He's your designer. He's your maker. He could figure you out. You might not be able to figure yourself out. Doctors and psychiatrists might not figure you out. But my friends, I'm telling you the truth. You spend enough time with the Holy Ghost, you're going to get things figured out. God's bigger than your heart. Everybody say cause. And by the way, write it down. Write down your, your cause. Not your clause, but your cause. Unless there is a clause in your cause, and then that's another story. Write it down because it'll change. It'll become more clearer to you as, as you move. I'm not even talking about your assignment. You see, the, the life that I'm living right now, this is my cause. This is why I was born. It took me some 40 years to get to the reason I was born, but, but it's not the end of it. There are, there are assignments within the cause, but Jesus said, this is my cause. Number three, he arms me with truth. The spirit of truth. The Bible says your word is truth. Your word. The psalmist said your word. Church, everything about that book is truth. Whether it's unpopular, whether it's not in season, whether it's not in style, whether people want to call it hate literature, this book is the truth and we will not apologize for the truth. And if, listen, listen, if you disagree with the word, you're wrong. You're off. Not the word, you're off. He arms me with truth. He arms me with the spirit of truth. I told you that grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Pastor Moses and I, we just did a podcast. We called it, Who's Your Daddy? Everybody say, Who's Your Daddy? And we talked about the spirit of truth and we talked about the father of lies. Jesus said the devil's a liar. Not only is he a liar, he's the father of lies. Which means he is having some sort of intimacy where not only does he distort the truth, he literally creates children of lies. Deception. Sorcery. See, what, what Philip was doing, or what, what Simon was doing, was he was manipulating people with a lie, with a counterfeit. And then the real came. And isn't it amazing that even in the midst of sorcery, when the real came, the people recognized it. Even Philip or even Simon had to say, this is real. Left his sorcery, left his tricks and his magic and his pride and had to come and follow Jesus and, and was baptized with Jesus. Let me tell you something, my friends. Listen, it doesn't even tell us that Philip confronted him, bound him, took authority over him. All he did was he literally just preached the gospel, preached it in power, preached it with cause, and then Simon had to literally just surrender to what was going on. I mean, you understand, God's more powerful than the devil. So... What does that mean? Who's your daddy? Because you see, church, when you lie, you're not in the spirit of truth. Mm, maybe somebody else is your daddy. Maybe somewhere you've left your father and you've chosen to follow the father of lies because of inconvenience or reputation or particularly because of pride and every other reason that we are motivated. But my friends, if we are anointed, we are anointed to bear the truth, tell the truth, demonstrate the truth at all times. The Bible says, blessed is the man, the woman who swears to their own truth. Everybody say, he arms me with the truth. Here's my final point. Corey, Corey, are you here? He went to go see Tom Cruise about the next Mission Impossible. <laughs> he, uh, and then he'll come up here and say, how come you always call me when I'm in the bathroom? You know? <laughs> listen, 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 listen. He 
He sends me with precision. Huh? He sends me apostolic. He sends me with precision. Philip, I want you to go to Samaria, Samaria, and I want you to preach the gospel. I want you to do the work of an evangelist. I, I will back you up with healing and miracles that, that, by the way, didn't start in Samaria. Philip was doing miracles while he was, while he was serving soup. Huh? When he was taking care of the widows, the Bible says miracles began to break out. In other words, Philip began to feel the unction of the Holy Spirit as a busboy, and all of a sudden he began to lay hands. Thank you, Ranjeev. We'll deal with that other guy later, right? He began to lay hands and miracles begin to happen. And now all of a sudden there is a greater explosion because the Bible says that he that is faithful in little will be faithful with much. And God watches how you handle the little in order to give you the next assignment of precision. Now watch this. Philip is also filled with the Holy Spirit. But he's not laying hands on anybody as far as the transfer of the Holy Ghost. No, no, no. It took the apostolic anointing of Peter and John to come because you see, my friends, what it teaches us is that the anointing of Pentecost is transferable. Huh? That Peter is saying, my brother, what happened in that room? What happened in that room amongst 120 of us is now leaving Jerusalem and is going to Samaria. In chapter 15, it's going to go to the house of Cornelius. Then it's going to go to Rome. It's going to go to Africa and Asia and all the parts of the world. Because it's for all flesh. Precision. I've come with precision. And then Philip, in the midst of revival, people getting saved, people getting healed. I'm so hot. Every time I take, every time I take my jacket off, I, I can hear my mother yelling at me from heaven. Just put that jacket on. I'll take your jacket off. You're, you're sweaty. You're disgusting. Put your, I love you, Mom. All right. He's in the midst of revival. And the Lord speaks to him and says, hey, there's a eunuch who's reading Isaiah. I want to bring the gospel to Africa. Philip, I want to use you. Oh, but God, but, uh, but, but, but I'm in revival. I understand you're in revival. I want you to leave the revival and I want you to go to speak to one person. Precision. Church, are you able to do that? Are you able to leave the crowd? Are you able to leave the notoriety and go to one person? Where nobody sees and nobody knows to talk to one individual about a book and a prophecy that he's reading that he doesn't understand. Do you have that kind of submission and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that say, you can take me anywhere you want, anytime you want? Then I'll talk to anybody? Be it on a plane, in an airport, in an office? Huh? that we're not so much focused on the, on the ching and the bubbling and the next deal and the next transaction and the next working, but that we understand at the end of the day, I'm living my life by mission. I'm living my life by script that wherever you lead me, Holy Ghost, I want to make sure that I'm sensitive to you first. I never go to a restaurant. Some of you have been with me. I don't ask the waitress or the waiter their name. We took Prophetess Nancy out. The team could tell you. I'm so connected with this waiter at the keg. I got up after dinner. I just, the team was still at the table. You know, went to the bathroom. Was coming back out. The waiter saw me. He, the guy hugged me. Sir. He says, thank you. Just about, I'm interested in your life. I thank you for serving me, but tell me a little bit about your life because you see, I'm always waiting for the Holy Ghost just to give me that little bit of word, that little bit of seed that, you know, and then, then, then ultimately they ask you the question, well, who, who are you and, and what do you do? Because whether I'm at the keg, I don't, it doesn't matter whether I'm at the golf course, the keg, whatever, I'm on assignment. 
Because I'm living, I'm living a life of script. I'm living a life of precision. I'm living a life of cause. And, and my friends, I want to tell you this. I, I, I have to, do you remember, I think a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about the summer students. And I said, those summer students, they're going to clean toilets. Remember I said that? And then I said, what about you, pastor? Well, yesterday we were in the church. Went to the bathroom. I'm actually going to yell at Alicia about this because I think it's a youth thing <laughs> that happened on Friday, but the bathroom, the toilet was just gross. And Saturday, I'm thinking, tomorrow's Sunday. I didn't know that the cleaners were coming in last night, but it didn't matter. I remembered those words. The summer students are going to clean toilets. So you know what pastor did? Clean the toilets. I cleaned the toilet. I should have sent Ranjit to that bathroom first. I should have said, you have to pee pee before you go home. But I... How many understand, church, that when you're living a life of precision, God is always focused on the heart. want to end with this. This guy Simon is an interesting fellow, church. He's saved. He's baptized. I believe he's a believer. But Peter said, you're poisoned and you're bound. In other words, he needed to be delivered. He's a Christian that needed to be delivered. Everybody say if. Yes. You see what Peter said to him? He said, if perhaps you might be forgiven. You see, we, we live in a day where the forgiveness of Christ is so cheap. Huh? Oh, yeah. God will forgive you for this. God will forgive you for oh, whatever you do. You know, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. God will forgive you. I love what Peter said. Peter said, your forgiveness, sir, is not guaranteed and you're on your way to hell. Simon said, no, Peter, you pray. You pray, you pray that none of these things come to pass. But, but my friends, I want you to know that when we are forgiven by God, God's forgiveness, Pastor Jason, has come at a tremendous cost. Stop cheapening the forgiveness of the Lord. Like you could just flippantly go in his presence. Peter said, maybe, maybe. It's not guaranteed, he said. We need to come back to understand the sacrifice of our Lord, the price that he paid. Because Simon wasn't interested in the gospel. He wasn't interested in anything other than himself and other than probably getting back to the notoriety he had that whatever he saw when the apostles laid hands, he wanted it. Something, something, my brother, within him, a dead work that was related to the past, all of a sudden manifested and he thought, oh, I want this thing. Not for God, I want it for me. I want it for me, like the religious man. I want to be able to astonish the people again. I, I want to be able to draw people. And why do we need power? Why do we need anointing, my friends? Listen, there are people around you that are anointed by demonic things. There are people around you that are cursing you. There are people at your jobs that want to get rid of you. There are people at your school that want your position. There is demonic things that are happening all around us. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Anybody had this experience? I don't know. We've had this, we had this situation. Let me give you an example. We started getting bread. Bread left on our windowsill. I'm thinking, who's coming right up to my house and leaving bread on the windowsill? And, and the first time it happened, it really didn't clue in, but you know what happened? Pastor Carolyn's online. She, all of a sudden, she became gluten intolerant. Out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden, boom, gluten intolerant. Couldn't eat bread, had to change all her diet, this and that. And, and I understand there's a natural part of that and people have that. But, but all of a sudden, I knew, I knew that this was something demonic. This was something spiritual that had taken place that was connected to that bread. And a pastor friend of ours came and, and uh, we prayed and, and the Lord touched Pastor Carolyn. And today she's delivered. She can eat gluten and everything else. 
But my point is that there are things that are happening around you that, listen, I don't want to make you paranoid that everything is the devil, but also, I, I don't want you to just fluff everything off like nothing's the devil. You say, well, pastor, we're not sorcerers. True. Let me tell you what Jack Hayford says about sorcery. He says, a sorcerer is one who deceives, manipulates, and delights to control others and does so by demonic enablement. You see, we might not tamper in sorcery, but let me just bring you to the Old Testament for just a moment, and let me remind you what the prophet Samuel said to King Saul when King Saul thought that he could fulfill the prophet duty and didn't wait for the prophet, and then he gets confronted, and Samuel said, is the Lord, uh, has the Lord as great delight in birth offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Listen, church, we have a lot of people that are good at sacrifice and, and doing things and showing things, but they don't obey. God says, you want to please me? Obey. He says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Now watch this. This is crazy. Listen to what he says. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. In other words, what he's saying is stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. Now here's what we say, Corey. We go, oh, oh pastor, I'm not stubborn. I'm determined. Mm. Come on now. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Sorcery. What you are watching in America right now, these people that are protesting in front of the Supreme Court that are saying, we're not going to abide by these laws. We're not going to abide by what these judges have said. Do you know what is happening there? Those aren't just protests. What you're watching is the manifestation of the spirit of witchcraft. I have to tell you something else. You see in the, in the early church, how many have heard of the god Molech in the, in the Old Testament? Molech was the spirit that they would sacrifice children to. You know, isn't it amazing? Israel was told to dedicate their babies, but then Molech came and said, no, you're going to sacrifice your babies to me. But you see, in the early Christian church, when, when the gospel, this is true, look it up in your history books, Pastor Jason, Pastor Moses will tell you this, the, the Romans, the Romans, if they had a baby and they didn't want the baby or they wanted to uh, sacrifice it to a god, there was a wall in the city. And literally, they would go and bring their babies to the wall. But in the middle of the night, when these babies were starving, these babies were dying, some people would show up. You know who would show up? The church would show up. Under the cover of darkness, they would take these babies that had just been given to the wall and given to God, and secretly they would take them home and they would raise and train these children as their own. That is the spirit of Christ, my friends. And what you are watching, let me just say it online, what, what you are watching in these protests is rebellion, is the spirit of witchcraft, is Molech the demon that is crying out because he's about to lose his sacrifices. And now one of the judges came out and said, you know, we're not going to stop at abortion. We're going we're gonna to look at the constitutional laws of same-sex marriage. Well, you're going to just watch the radical left. Their little minds are just going to blow up. My friends, listen. You can explain it ten ways to Sunday. But when we operate in rebellion, when we operate in stubbornness, a spirit of witchcraft is operating in your life. We are anointed. Everybody say we're anointed. we're anointed. I want you to stand with me this morning. We are anointed with cause. We are anointed with truth. We are anointed with purpose. We are consecrated. We are, we are sanctified for the purposes of God. You're all on mission. Everybody say, I'm on mission. How many understand that? How many want to be on mission? I was saying to my, well, 
I guess my cousin was saying to me, because he, um, well, you know what, he turned 57 today. Wow. Yeah, can you believe it? He doesn't look a day over 56. <laughs> I had a, a veto to make you feel better when we did the Father's Day panel. Everybody say, oh, my, I'm a father, I, you know, so many children, da, da, da. and all of a sudden I just, it dawned on me. Jeez, I'm a grandfather. I'm the only guy here on this panel that could say, I'm a grandfather. Where, where have my, where did this happen to me? I was always the youngest, youngest executive, youngest, youngest. When did this happen to me that, that all of a sudden, Sister Sarah, you know, you, you like look around and I'm like, I'm the oldest. You know, all these young guys. But you know what it says to you? This is why the Bible says in the Psalm, Ranji, teach me to number my days, that I may live a life of wisdom and understanding. Come on. That when you recognize, hey, we're not here forever. But the time that I'm here, I want to make a difference. I, I want to live my life on mission. I want to live my life with cause. I, I want to live my life and not waste my time with all the stuff that is going on around me. I just, I just want to live my life with precision. Everybody raise your hands. Father, first of all, Lord, I take authority over, over the spirit of witchcraft and sorcery, divination, curses, demonic forces of hell, manipulating spirits, lying spirits, spirits of rebellion and stubbornness, wickedness that is in our streets and in our in our governments and in our in our courts and, and everywhere else and in our families and, and everywhere where the enemy would want to make inroads. Father, we take authority over those that would want to curse us. Lord, we are not cursed, we are blessed. We declare that we are the blessed of the Lord. Blessed of the Lord say so today. Hallelujah. Ha! My God, we are victorious people. We are overcomers today. We're above and not beneath God. We're the head and not the tail. My Father, in the name of Jesus, you've shed your blood. And Father, I pray that every eye would be open to cause. I declare clarity in the hearts of God's people. And I declare that those, oh God, that maybe are not living in clarity, not living, Lord, in that, in that life of, of precision, may have their eyes open today. Every scale falls off. So that we may see, that we may be sanctified. Vessels. Church, will you say this with me? Say, I am a vessel of honor. I am anointed. I am filled with oil. I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with the Spirit of God. I am filled with holiness. I am filled with truth. I am filled with hope. I am filled with righteousness. I am the Lord's ambassador. bless you today, Father. We declare the blessing of the Lord over your people. In Jesus' name.